Episode 239 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm Managing Editor Kirk Simonoff sitting in for Bill. Well, as we approach the end of 2021, we thought it would be a good time to gather our reporters together for an end of year roundtable. Shelby Kellerman and Daniel McCoy join me to talk about Wichita business in 2021 and what we think will be the main stories in 2022. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. This week is our annual book of lists, where we publish the more than 60 lists that ran in the 2021 editions of the Business Journal. It is the one-stop resource for businesses that every business leader should have. We hope you pick up your copy. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Daniel McCoy and Shelby Kellerman, thank you for taking time out of your reporting day to join me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to be here. We want to look ahead at 2022, but first let's let's take a look back at 21. Uh, as we arrive now at the end of the year, I'd, I'd like each of you to take a look at your bi- biggest beats, Daniel with aviation and manufacturing and Shelby with commercial real estate. Talk about the year with those individual industries. What what did you think it was headed, where it was headed a year ago and did it arrive You know where you expected by, by now? Daniel, let's start with you. Yeah, I think for... Uh, aviation manufacturing locally, I was uh, honestly pretty pessimistic heading into the year. Um, And I think the rebound we've seen has been, uh, certainly it's been greater than I anticipated. So hopefully that's been at least one uh, bit of good news in the year, Uh, just kind of contradicting it or contrasting it with uh, the downturn and and that followed here after 08, 09. And that took, especially in general aviation, that took a long time to recover. And uh, both with the uh, on commercial with the 737 Max coming back and uh, domestic travel, especially doing well despite COVID, there's still international problems. Um, we're seeing an uptick now back in commercial aviation after it get, got hit so hard in 2020. And then we saw like a uh, really strong demand for business jets and general aviation aircraft. So most of our aviation manufacturers are, are ending the year uh, looking at things as, as a positive to come if, if everything holds as it is now. So I, uh, personally, I think uh, the industry performed better than I expected it to. And I'm, I'm happy to be able to say that. Shelby, how about commercial real estate? Yeah, I think it's probably about the same on, on the real estate end. Um, you know, coming out of last year, a lot of my sources were pretty optimistic about most sectors of real estate. Um, you know, industrial and warehousing is is still having a very strong showing, which COVID hasn't really slowed that down at all. Um, you know, you have a lot of companies getting creative about logistics and warehousing right now. And so that bodes well, I think, for, for real estate. We're still seeing a lot of those, you know, tilt up spec warehouses under construction. Um, as real estate professionals say, there's just, you know, not enough existing space um, and these companies need it fast. Um, I think the ICT 21 industrial park is a pretty good example of that. In fact, that could have probably been a number eight thing to watch on our uh, 2022 list, if we're being honest. But um, 
yeah, so, you know, industrial warehousing has been strong. Multifamily market is, is also very hot right now. I think I'm reporting on sales of major apartment complexes, you know, at least a couple times times a month, probably. Um, and we also see plans for, for new construction in the works next year. So we've got, you know, Paul Jackson has a massive new project in Northwest Wichita that's been announced. Um, and the second phase of the Uptown Landing um, apartments at Hillside and Douglas is finally going vertical uh, right now. So, um, you know, multifamily is strong. I think that um, medical office real estate's also been strong. I think that's one area that's been kind of COVID proof. You know, everybody still needs to, you know, attend to their medical needs and medical health. So um, we're still seeing growth in that area. I guess when I think back at, you know, 2021 and maybe the bigger headlines on my beat, we had Top Golf. Um, announcements. We had the opening of Riverfront Stadium and the impacts um, on downtown and the Delano district. Um, I will say, you know, in the office market, Fidelity Banks pushed pause on, on building out their new office building. So I think that that is kind of a, an indicator of how that market might be going in terms of just new major office projects. But uh, but no, for, for the most part, I think uh, sectors of the commercial real estate market have been strong in Wichita, and um, I've certainly been busy uh, reporting on those. So uh, that's that's good news for for 2022, I think. Yeah, across um, across most sectors, it seemed like it, you know cautious optimism or just full out optimism was kind of the way it played in 2021. And, and Shelby, let's look ahead at 2022. You teased your your seven things to watch story, and I hope people saw that in last week's business journal. Uh, they can catch it online. If not, it, it identified seven things to watch for next year, people, projects, uh, some different things. What of those seven things was most interesting to you? And you can talk about all of them, but what was most interesting? Well, if you look at it, I mean, there were three or four things that that focused on higher education, um, which I don't think is a coincidence, right? So um, one of the things um, I was looking at when I was putting together this list were, you know, major commercial projects that have been, you know, years in the making, we've been talking about them and writing about them for years, and now are finally going to bear fruit in 2022, you know, what will finally be a reality. Um, and one of those big things, I think, is um, Three of the four of Sudetokola's downtown redevelopment projects will finish next year, starting with the um, Kansas College of Osteopathic Medicine, the DO school. Well, um, construction will actually finish in January, but uh, will open for the fall semester in 2022. And at the same time, across the street, WSU Tech's Culinary School will also open. Now, I guess technically they've been instructing classes in that program already, but um, it will it will have a, its own you know home. And so that's two new um, higher education facilities. Um, both of those are expected to have you know pretty state of the art technology and the latest and educational tools. So I think that will be something to watch in terms of training the professionals of the workforce, or sorry, the professionals of the future, uh, workforce of the future. Um, and I think in the same vein of higher education, we also have the new business school building um, expected to open in the in the fall 22 uh, 2022 semester as well. So that will be the first um, academic focused building to open on Innovation Campus. Um, again, 
state-of-the-art, you know, high-tech building, um, certainly of interest to the business community, you know, training the future business professionals um, who hopefully decide to just stay and work in Wichita. Um, and also on the innovation campus, we have the opening of the Deloitte Smart Factory. Um, I haven't been there to see it in person yet, but uh, Deloitte says that this Wichita site is going to be the flagship smart factory. Um, and there are several all over the globe, uh, but it's a place where uh, WSU students um, and companies in Wichita can come and companies from outside Wichita can come and um, closer examine, you know, smart manufacturing technologies. So again, another, you know, major meaningful moment, I think, for um, higher education and, you know, training the workforce of the future. Um, on the list as well uh, that I that we published, uh, I think the you know east and also west bank of the Arkansas River um, is going to get a big spotlight next year. Um, you know, on the east bank, you have members of the coalition coming out with with new reports about needs for a new or remodeled convention center, um, as well as new reports on you know post COVID. Commercial markets, what can downtown Wichita support in terms of new hotel, new office space, that sort of thing. Um, so we should expect to see some, you know, new conversations happening about Century 2 and the East Bank uh, next year. And on the West Bank, meanwhile, uh, we just reported uh, last week on a major new development announced for the areas around the ballpark. Um so more construction headed to Riverfront Stadium. Sorry if you're sick of it, but uh, the, that work should get started on a new hotel and new office building um, in July. So it won't finish till 2024, but um, we'll start to see that activity uh, happen in the new year. So that's kind of a, a look, I guess, at, at that list that we just published on, on things to watch. Shelby, let me follow up real quickly on the on the Riverfront. You, they, you know, they they the city council approved two or three uh, projects right there at the ballpark. But of course, George Lamb's development plans north of the ballpark right. are still to come. What what can we expect to hear in 2022? I know you're asking the questions just about weekly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I haven't really gotten a clear answer yet either. Um, I uh, Yes, that's true. To the north um, of, of this, you know, Maple and the Clean site, we should expect uh, more development um, uh, on what's being called the church property um, to the kind of north east of the stadium. Uh, that's George Laham's group. You're right. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's, you know, there's a development agreement in place with the city. So they have to de deliver on those promises um, to build. I I don't remember the exact time frame, but they have a, a few years, I believe, that until they have to start some kind of construction. Uh, but from the beginning, those developers have said that uh, their plans will be market driven. So that basically means they're waiting until they have deals in place and and uh, leases in place and conversations in place with with possible tenants. And so that can take time, especially, you know, given COVID, I know that they, you know, were honest about the fact that that the pandemic slowed some of those conversations down um, and we had a delayed start of the stadium. So, you know, we can hope that now maybe we're coming out of a pandemic, hopefully fingers crossed, um, and with the opening of the stadium and, and even, you know, some construction happening to the south, 
that might spur some interest um, to, to kind of get that moving. But, but yeah, that's supposed to be coming. Uh, it's just a matter of, of getting those, those deals in place. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to follow. Uh, you know, Daniel, Shelby teased a little bit workforce for 2022 in her cover story last week. And that is your entire focus for next week's cover story. Uh, talk about what you found when you talked to sources for that story. Yeah, um, really, it's it's the overarching question I think every industry is going to have in 2022, and and that's the question of being able to find labor. Um, it it cuts across all the industries I talk to, and I think all the ones Shelby and I both talked to uh, throughout much of this year already. Um, certainly in manufacturing, um, construction has big needs. Um, we'll we'll see continued need in in restaurant and retail, which I'm sure we've all felt. Uh, at one time or another. So yeah, we're looking at the question of, of Wichita's workforce for 2022 and, and you know, some of what might explain uh, what you'll see is some pretty interesting numbers just in terms of the overall labor force and then the number of those actually employed. So you know, we're in an era of remote work uh, that could be having an impact for folks here being able to find jobs elsewhere and stay here with the low cost of living and quality of life and things like that. Um, and there could be other factors as well. So uh, some of our biggest employers and biggest industries are actually making a push um, to kind of find new ways to, to find people. I think you'll see um, it, it's more now, at least in the near term, about a, uh, a homegrown effort, uh, especially involving students, because the kind of we might, some folks feel we might be able to attract people in this remote age uh, because of our low cost of living and quality of life. So we might be able to attract folks, but no one seems to expect in-ground, uh, inbound migration to outpace uh, outbound um, in the near future. So to meet you know, our needs for 2022, which as I said, seem to be across the board, um, companies are looking at new and, and different ways of hiring and training and expectations for new hires and, and just how their business works. So um, most everyone I talk to, um, the, the key for them kind of in 2022 is going to be flexibility and adaptability. So uh, we'll see how our training entities like WSU Tech and our universities um, and, and employers, uh, I'm sure you'll see lots of partnerships and uh, just a continual effort throughout the year to build that talent pipeline. Like you said, it, it sounds like the collaboration between business and education is is going to have to be at least near an all-time high, don't you think? Yeah, uh, definitely. And, and I think we started to, we've seen that already the last couple of years I, to some degree. And certainly in manufacturing before COVID and before the grounding of the MAX, um, Spirit was working really closely uh, with with local uh, schools to try and keep up because their their demand was growing rapidly. So we're seeing some of that uh, reemerge, but we're also seeing some new initiatives. And then um, there's some, uh, Mike Gibson with the uh, Associated General Contractors, he's hoping to take this and make it where it's multiple industries partnered with multiple universities, and we have cross-sectional vocational training so that students in Kansas, when one industry is slow, they can maybe go somewhere else um, you know, somebody working uh, in the energy sector uh, can have some skills that might transfer over to aviation. And so at the end, you know, the, the best case there is that if one industry dips, 
those those people don't have to go very far and you keep them in the area until the industry of their choice rebounds. So you're going to see a lot of collaboration. And I think you're right. Um, just that level of partnership being at an all time high. Uh, you know, we can't let 2022 start without more COVID problems. Uh, you know, Omicron is here. Delta is in the past, seemingly. Uh, and who knows what's next after Omicron? This question is for both of you. And Daniel, let's start with you because your industries that you cover most closely are really in the thick of it because of federal mandates. Uh, talk about how businesses that you cover either are or aren't getting around COVID or thinking COVID, or is it just a thing you that they've just decided we will deal with as an everyday part of business? Yeah, it, you know, internally, there's there's some of, of dealing it uh, like that, uh, like you say, just around a, a kind of a new aspect of business. Now, you're right, we have to wait and see what happens in the court with the uh, uh, vaccination mandate um, that that was going to impact at least uh, Spirit Aerosystems and, and Textron Aviation. So you're talking about combined 20,000 workers and in, in counting as rapidly as they can um, via their role as federal contractors. So, you know, that We'll, we'll have to see how that shakes out in court because that that could still have a pretty big impact uh, on on their workforces. Um, and then with aviation as well, there there are kind of some macro uh, COVID factors at play as well. You know, if the, if there's another variant that really shuts down travel, um, you know, we're going to see uh, more difficulty uh, throughout the year in terms of production rates and and things like that. So. Um, they'll be watching it closely, uh, certainly. And, you know, another company that uh, I cover pretty closely is is Coke Industries, and they've built a fairly, I think you could say, successful business over the years. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they've they've invested pretty heavily in a lot of biomedical technology, and, and some of it's related to, to COVID testing. So, you know, their company's finding opportunities in this as well. Um, but it'll be something that, you know, it, it'll certainly play out uh, locally, as as we see uh, now that you know the variants seem to pretty much spread globally, so it, it'll just depend on how bad they are, how prepared we are to meet them, vaccination rates, all those things we've become accustomed to talking about, and and we'll just cross our fingers that that nothing uh, that we can't handle uh, in the short term comes our way next year. Right, Shelby, commercial real estate has been forced to find you know, uh, solutions to the pandemic, or at least, you know, solutions here and there. Talk, talk about how they've gotten used to dealing with that as a part of everyday business. Yeah, I mean, in terms of how those professionals do their work, I mean, they, they pretty easily transition to, you know, virtual and, and um, you know, in-person, in-person to, to virtual showings and, and that sort of thing. But I do think, you know, if, if we get to a situation again, where large gatherings, especially are, you know, discouraged again, um, you know, that's, that's, that's going to have a pretty big impacts on, on a lot of different things. I mean, if we're talking about, you know, the needs for convention and performing arts, you know, what that's going to look like, if we want to have these conversations about, about those in-person events, um, 
you know, even in-person education, you know, classes in higher ed, like we just talked about, you know, if if we've got all these new facilities opening and then, you know, these uh, organizations uh, send students home and and have them uh, taking virtual classes again, you know, we're going to have these brand new buildings sitting empty. So um, that's definitely going to have some pretty big implications on on those projects I just mentioned earlier. but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the commercial um, real estate industries, I think, adapted pretty well to, to um, being um, creative and, and adapting to um, uh, showings and, and uh, finding businesses that still need space because, you know, as they say, if, if, if you need a downsize or, or, or uh, downgrade your space, that means that's still a real estate opportunity. So, so I don't think there's going to be a slowdown in deals necessarily, but, uh, but yeah, there's big questions about what uh, those large gatherings are going to look like in the future. If we're just going to be dealing with this pandemic for who knows how long. One final question and it's pandemic related and it's about ourselves in journalism in, in during a pandemic. Um, as many folks know who we talk to on a regular basis, the, the, we at the Business Journal have been working from home for 22 months. We'll start month 23 in January. Um, you know, we don't get to hear Daniel pounding his keyboard every day. We don't get to hear my deep sighs. Uh, and Shelby, you don't have any quirks that I can remember off the top of my head, but it's almost <laughs> been two years. Um, talk as reporters about what it's been like not being in a newsroom every day. I'm sure you're used to working from home by now, but uh, talk about that trans- transition and how easy or hard it's been. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely miss um, sitting down and brainstorming. In fact, we we just recently were, were going to meet up for um, a brainstorming session to kind of brainstorm some future cover story ideas. And I said, why don't we just meet in person again? Um, and it was kind of nice to do that, just to sit down and and kind of pass the puck around the table and, and toss some ideas out there. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's, you know, Meet, there's nothing like um, meeting new people for the first time in person. As a reporter, when I call people up for the first time, and I do that almost on a daily basis, it's a lot harder to, you know, make that connection um, over the phone and and introduce myself and explain, you know, what I'm what I'm doing and what I'm looking for. So that that's challenging. Um, and so you just kind of have to rely on the relationships you've already established, hopefully pre-COVID. Um, and uh, network that way. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely miss uh, being in that newsroom setting and, um, and yelling over the top of Daniel while we're both on the phone or something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, now it's just me and my, my own home, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, I've adapted and I'm used to it now, but um, there are definitely days where I miss where we used to get together and, and brainstorm in person. Yeah, for me, uh, an admitted loud talker and loud typer, especially uh, <laughs> depending on how how quickly a, uh, approaching the deadline is. Um, yeah, for me, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Shelby says that with sources, you know, a, a lot of folks as business travel was starting to uh, ramp back up. And as I was talking to them would say, you know, if you're not out there in front of your customer, somebody else is. And obviously it's a different situation for us, but it just underscores um, kind of in everything how critical that interpersonal uh, interaction is, especially with new people. Um, and I definitely miss being in a newsroom. Um, I've learned to, you know, meld the, the good with the bad. So, you know, I 
don't have my commute and, you know, uh, I can, you know, do laundry, uh, uh, you know, between stories and stuff like that. So there's, there's plenty of good that I've learned to adapt to, but uh, Shelby's right. There's nothing like that uh, collaboration and just kind of um, uh, interaction with your colleagues and, and uh, just, I, like she said, bouncing ideas off each other and, and camaraderie and things like that. So hopefully we'll be able to join the office ranks again, but um, if, if not, I will try and type loud enough that everyone can hear me from wherever they're at. <laughs> Don't worry. I think sometimes we can. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shelby Kellerman and Daniel McCoy, thanks so much for spending some time. Uh, Merry Christmas to you both. And thanks for all that you do, uh, not only for the business journal, but for the business community too. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Thank you, Kirk. Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 239. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Happy holidays and have a profitable week.